Dropbit Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Dropbear Gaming Podcast. Yay! Yay! This is actually a bit of a strange one for us. Uh, it's episode 160, um, and we're actually doing it from totally different locations. It's a COVID special. <laughs> That's right. Quarantine. It's the I- isolation episode. Resident Evil version. <laughs> so basically, uh, we've decided that we don't want to see each other anymore um, because if one of us is infected, then the other one is fucked, and that's just the way it is these days. So yeah. hopefully, it's not going to happen for too much longer. But there may be a couple of episodes in between where Matt and I are going to be in different places. Yeah. So, so excuse us for being. Maybe the audio might not be perfect or whatever, but hey, at least you're getting podcasts while you're sitting around at home. Avoiding imminent death. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why not? Or out there buying toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. Or not buying toilet paper. You know, getting in knife fights about toilet paper. Well, exactly. Which is, yeah, kind of crazy, isn't it? It is. I've actually been avoiding the, uh, the, the perils of the world by sitting at home and playing violent computer games. Yeah, exactly. I figure we can make this podcast like a an island of serenity in the oh. in the ocean of fuckedness so fuckedness. much serenity <laughs> fuckedness yeah that's a good one <laughs> so for our dear listeners you can uh, you can sit back and relax and we're not going to talk about coronavirus anymore except for maybe if a good joke comes up <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a must yeah <laughs> so we might drop one or two covid jokes but we'll try to be sensitive i guess do we normally do that (laughs) yeah that's something we do pretty sure so let's talk about some video games so this is episode 160 yeah we've uh we've done a few episodes so far this year it's going well but um there still hasn't been very many games coming out no not really um i've been lucky enough to be playing a new one um one of the only new ones of the first quarter of the year really um, or with, you know, AAA titles, I guess you'd say, um, Doom Eternal. Um, it's it's good. It's a real good throwback to the Dooms of old. I'm mm. pretty sure this is uh, the sixth Doom game um, after they had quite a, a lengthy hiatus during the early 2000s. Surely there's been more than six. I, th- I think it's six main titles. Um Maybe wrong though. There, there seems like there has been a lot more. Yeah, that's mm. seriously heaps. I mean, the there was a bonus with this version where you got a remastered copy of Doom sixty four, which was a classic back in the old days. Yes, yeah, absolute classic. But um, Doom, the last Doom, which was kind of like a reboot, that was widely considered to be like it was like up for Game of the Year consideration. So mm. there's been a fair bit of. Uh, a bit of waiting um, on bated breath, I guess, <laughs> for this sequel. Well, that was uh, 2016, I think, the last Doom game. So there's been a few years in between. Yeah, yeah, it's been a little while. There was, um, what, what else was in 2016? There was, I think, Overwatch was 2016. Uh, from memory, we only just went through all of those games. 
Yeah, we're good at this. Anyway, yeah. so but Doom I think Eternal, to you, what's, what's your general feelings on it? Um, really, really enjoying it at this point. Um, it, it's a fun game. I haven't played any of the um, the multiplayer or battle kind of um, you know, maps or anything. At the mm. moment, I'm just going through the, the single-player campaign. And it's pretty good. It's actually pretty good. The It feels like the Doom of old, which is yeah. great. Um, one of the things... I, I thought the last Doom was really, really good, but I also thought there were parts of it that just were too fast, like they were putting too much into the the environments and things like that. Yeah. Um, in this one, it's it doesn't seem quite as harsh, I guess, in that way. Um, the the monsters are all good fun, and the, it is very graphic as Doom is. Um, you know, you've got a lot of different types of uh, just like chainsawing things in half and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and you know your your special kills kind of thing. Like, it, it's actually pretty well done. Like, you've got different ways of uh, you know, like obviously if you're in a in a firefight and there's shit everywhere, you're using a lot of ammunition. Um, yeah. So different types of melees and chainsaw kills and things like that, um, and specials actually drop ammo or armor or health, and it's actually pretty cool. So you, you're running around and there's like, you know, 20 bad dudes that you're killing. Um, and you've got to keep an eye on how much ammo you've got, for instance, or how much damage mm. you're taking, because then your next kill might need to be a One chainsaw kill. Ones. Yeah. 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 Um, and you've got to keep that in mind. And it actually is kind of a cool mechanic in the game. Um, yeah, I know this has been... Toes a bit. Yeah, it's been a part of the Doom games for a long time, but... Not a lot of other games really incorporate that in it. So mm. it's actually kind of fun every time you have to think about it and then you're like, oh, shit, I'm out of ammo. Um, you know, and you've got to run around and try and melee things to death until you can get some. And you know, they they take a fair few punches, some things. And some things you just can't punch to death. They're you know too big and yeah. they just, just the, kill you quick. You know, true to life. Well, exactly right. Exactly. There's only so many things you can punch to death. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, I'm I'm really enjoying it. the The storyline's really good. Um, yeah, it's it's fairly basic, but you've got to go. Uh, you know, you're just saving the, Earth, right? Yeah, you're saving Earth. So you're taking away all the devil's priests they're called which control all the the devils on the earth yeah um, demons and shit yeah so you've got a you know it, it's pretty much as per more you know most doom games it's on rails um yeah very linear which is kind of good but they've added little things to keep you entertained which is cool um you know like keep your your eyes up on occasions and you're going to find you know special unlocks and things like that that's cool um yeah, it is. It's a really good fun game, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's pretty high paced, and yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty good fun. Um, I started playing it, but I I don't know. I'm not really into. I don't know. Maybe I'm just going through a phase of not being into first person shooters. Yeah, because I started it, and I was just like, ugh. <laughs> it is really high paced too. Yeah, like I've been so, playing third person action adventure basically entirely nothing else for quite yeah. some time so it's a big switch too 
yeah to go from something like that to the to the hecticness of of what doom is anyway yeah exactly so mm. what's your uh what's your summary i guess well i suppose yeah for you know the graphically it's pretty gorgeous um you know it's really fun to play i'm having an absolute ball with it and it's seems kind of smart too so i'm looking at probably about a four and a half out of five nice high uh, praise yeah it is yeah it's definitely worth playing if and especially i might be swung a little bit too because there's fuck all else there to play yeah exactly new. so you know well, there's always they're... animal crossing on the nintendo switch that you can pick up yeah that one <laughs> probably uh, full disclosure happen. we're not going to be reviewing that probably <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how boring things get in the next two weeks. Yeah, and if anybody's going to do it, I bags Matt's going to do it. Well, we could always get Carl on, make this yeah. a three-way again. <laughs> True. Yeah. But anyway, have a, have so a yeah, Doom Corona. Eternal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's good. Doom Eternal passes the the test. Yep, worth the pickup. Well, one of the things that I've been playing that's a complete polar opposite from. Uh, from Doom Eternal is actually Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire which ah. is of course we know from our games of the decade or whatever that was uh, I talked a fair bit about Obsidian Entertainment and how much I liked Pillars of Eternity 1 mm-hmm. so uh, I've had a chance to play through a bit of Pillars of Eternity 2 and it's a long it is a long game but you know that's what you want in one of those classic RPGs that's true you don't want them to be short, unless you do, whatever. But uh, this particular <laughs> one's quite long. It, it's really well done. Um, basically, you play as the Watcher, which is the same character you played in the first game. Uh, is that like this just one, a, a misspelling of the Witcher? <laughs> yeah, close. Oh, okay. um, you basically uh, you have like some pretty special powers, and they go explain it all in the game. But anyway, basically, uh, the end of the first game you've saved the day and you become sort of this lord or king of this place. And so they open this game with the story is basically that a rogue god has burst from the ground and destroyed your little town and killed you. And what now a prick. He's, yeah, real arsehole. And now mm. he's like traipsing around the world just fucking shit up, leaving a path of destruction. So wow. it's not great because you're dead. But then this mysterious ghost creature uh, revives you resurrects you so how did you hear about all this when you're dead (laughs) yeah well this little ghost thing is like hey uh, this fucking god is just tearing shit up and we need you to save the day again please and you're like oh okay and they're like I'm so tired there's a reason why you're yeah they're like there's a reason why you're like non-corporeal right now (laughs) it's because you're dead Uh, Mm. and so the way that's a good way and sort of an interesting way to, to um, character creation again. Yep. So you get to create your character, pick your class, whatever, and it explains what happened in the previous game as well. So if you That's haven't cool. played the first game, this is a good way to sort of fill in the gaps wow. and set the set what kind of character you're yeah, playing and all that, that is kind an of interesting, stuff. Uh, interesting intro kind of mm. mechanic. Yeah, um, but it is very like text heavy. It's one of the like it's a classic RPG like Baldur's Gate style where you've got to read a lot. Yeah. Um, so if you're not into that, 
probably don't play it. But <laughs> if you are into that, the writing is is exceptionally well written. Um, it continues the trend that was in the first game of like forcing the player to make decisions that aren't always cut and dry. Like the different characters that you come across have different motivations and they're all sort of grounded and, and realistic, I guess. And so it gets you get these types of decisions where there's no like clear-cut decision of what's the right choice, what makes you a good person and what makes you an evil person if you choose. Yeah. Like, so that's a really interesting... And it's kind of a sign of great modern RPGs now anyway because they're sort of moving more in that direction. I mean, there's still the ones that are like, hey... uh, can you help me? And your options are like, no, go fuck yourself or yes, please. What can I do for you? Where it's like Mm -hmm. completely clear what your choice is. Um, or like this murderer, what are we going to do with him? And you can either like team up with him or, um, kill him. Like (laughs) they, they, it kind of avoids those kind of really clear cut choices. So that makes the game more interesting. I think. Yeah. Um, in terms of what's different from the original game, Basically, like the combat is improved, much improved. The combat was kind of one of the things in the first game that people didn't really appreciate. So they've improved on that in a lot of ways. There's multi-classing, general quality of life improvements across the game. Uh, If there's anything that I would say was better in the first game, the companions that you get to pick up and you know bring along with you are are a bit less interesting this time around Mm -hmm. because you know they have the random comments that they make as you're walking around and, and backstories that you interact with and their own, you know, missions and quests and stuff like that. Um, but in general, like with all the other improvements in the game, you can po- kind of say, uh, it's all right that the companions maybe aren't as interesting as in the first game. The one thing that is really, really shitty about this game, Pillars of Eternity 2, is the load times. Oh, really? Yeah. So it is cooked entirely and absolutely. You will like go into a building, right? And as you go into the building, there's like a two minute load screen and you'll be in the building and then you'll do like talk to a, you know, NPC or something and then leave the building and you've got to do another fucking one to two Two minute load screen. Wow. No wonder the game's so long. Yeah, exactly. So that (laughs) makes the game artificially even longer. It's only about three hours of gameplay, but it takes you about 60 hours. Yeah, and um, and that kind of stuff, it's it's almost a sign of the times coming to the tail end of this generation. True. But also, I feel like it's maybe a sign of poor porting because it's a mm. PC game. Yeah, um, and the game also crashed a few times while I was playing it, which is sucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those load times, like unless you don't mind grabbing your phone and having a read of something, or like playing Candy Crush or something a few times as you're playing. Yeah. You should probably play it on PC instead of PS4 or mm. alternatively wait until the PS5, which we're hearing some very interesting things about load times. Yes. Um, but we'll get into that in a minute. But basically, yeah, Pillars of Eternity, the story is amazing. It improves on almost everything from the from the first game except in terms of load screens <laughs> well they did they did uh you know fix that i suppose they they increased the load time so yeah, yeah that, it's that's an improvement a, that's an improvement for people yeah. who like low, longer and longer <laughs> and longer load times 
Exactly. If you really like looking at load screens, this is the game for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would give it a five out of five, except for that the load screens and the crashing and stuff like that. It's just very disappointing. So I'm actually only going to give it a three out of five. Wow. Yeah, that's a real shame. Yeah, I like, honestly, if you're playing, you know, those moments where you like go into a building and you've got a load screen and then you're in a building and then you leave and you get another one, you can be mm. doing like five minutes of time in the game and only play for like 30 or 40 seconds. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Because of load screens. And it's just frustrating because the, the problem is the sheer number of load load screens as well. Like mm. in a game like Destiny where you have massive load times, but once you've then loaded in, you've mm. got, you know, you're playing for ages before you have to hit another load screen. Yeah. Whereas this is just constant. So, yeah, that's super disappointing. But the game in general is, if you're a fan of RPGs, definitely give it a look. Um, but, yeah, I'd honestly suggest playing it on PC instead of PS4 or, or Xbox because mm. of those load times. Wow. Hmm. So there you go. Not a, so a great that. score for them. Yeah, um, the other the other RPG that I've been playing is a bit more of Final Fantasy fourteen, which is the MMO RPG. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I checked yesterday, and I'm up to like seventy six hours played or something like that. Wow, which is insane, and it's probably going to go even longer than that. This is like a perfect game for self quarantine, um, <laughs> staying at home type yep. stuff because you just there's so much to do because the game came out years ago yeah. they've released i think three or four major expansions and there's just an immense amount of content so yeah as it long as you can be find 10 years hmm? in september 10 years in september since it yeah. came out that's which crazy, is a long time to be and they like constantly improving it which is why they can justify charging uh 13 euros a month for people to play mm. it Wow. But uh, yeah, I um, I found just a quick update on where I'm up to in the game. I was blundering around the place with no fucking clue what I was doing and just making, like, figuring it out as, as I was playing. And there was a guy, some random dude, messaged me and gave me some hints on how to, or tips on how to improve or be a bit more efficient in how I was playing my class. Mm hmm. Which was awesome. And then he invited me to his sort of they're called free companies, which is like a guild. And, uh, it turns out it's a really active guild with heaps of helpful people. And the server I'm on is pretty much all Aussies. So, um, yeah, it's like being a really good experience. Everyone's really helpful to me and, uh, answer my questions without too much trouble. So yeah, Mm. it's going good. I'm enjoying it quite a lot. And it's wow. dangerous that I'm enjoying it so much because yes. I just remember back in the days when I was absolutely classed as a World of Warcraft addict. Oh, yes. And, yeah, I can feel myself going down that same path again. Uh-oh. Yeah, but it's good. Lucky you've got a few other things tying you to this realm. Yeah, exactly, one or two. Meh. So, yeah, that's Final Fantasy fourteen update for the for the episode. Hmm. Now... So- in the last couple of weeks, uh, there was, well, in the last week, um, there was an announcement from Sony for, you know, some, you know, I guess trying to put to bed some of the craziness of the bloody rumor mills. And yes, well, we've been specs. waiting. 
we've absolutely been waiting for some time <laughs> to yes. hear anything out of them except for a logo. Mm. It's been a long time, hasn't it? And they've been very quiet, which is a real shame because everything's being cancelled around. Um, yeah, all the all the mass gatherings of um, you know tech companies and whatnot are all being cancelled, so no one's yeah, well, really talking. E3's cancelled officially. Yeah, um, that happened in between this and our last episode, and uh, pretty much everything is getting cancelled because of COVID nineteen, mm. and. Um, when Sony originally pulled out of E3, they said that their intention was instead to just focus on doing a whole heap of community stuff like expos and, and player-centric stuff. Yeah. And so now all of that's out the window as well. So this presentation that we just had was Mark Cerny, who is the hardware designer over at Sony for PlayStation. And it was the their Game Developers Conference GDC presentation which meant it was very focused on developers from a developer point of view. Like, these are the things that will benefit you as a developer. Yeah. And they did that with the PS4 as well. They had Mark Cerny come out and do this big, like, deep dive into the tech specs, but he did it, like, a couple of weeks after they revealed the PS4. Mm. So this time around, they haven't revealed the PS4. They announced, uh, join us this time and this date for Mark Cerny's deep dive into the PS5 hardware and what we can expect to see from games on the PS5. And everyone, like, it literally said it's just a deep dive into the specs. And then everyone being desperate for information and Hmm. seeing it as the first reveal kind of thing by Sony assumed that it would be the console reveal. Like with PS4, where they revealed the console and then went into the details, or yeah. Xbox Series X, they revealed the console and then talked about the specs later. I just think it's funny that, like, you know, all the rumors and all the shit that was going around before this, and then all of a sudden they go, Hey, we're going to release some specs. And everyone's like, Oh, let's get some rumors around what's going to be revealed. And then everyone went into that whole fucking frenzy of just making shit up again. It yeah. actually kind of made me laugh. Yeah, and like it, I mean, it's fair enough because we're kind of getting desperate for information here, yeah. especially with you know everything shutting down, um, potential delays on everything. Yeah. People are sitting around with nothing better to do than think what the fuck's going to be mm. to go with the next gen systems. So, yeah, so Mark Cerny came out and he did his thing, and the YouTube live chat was not happy about what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> They were all like, just, there was a whole lot of use of the letter Z uh, repeatedly in the comments of people who were being put to sleep by Mark Cerny's uh, smooth tone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was actually really quite interesting. It wasn't the reveal. We didn't get to see the console. We didn't get to see any games playing on the console. Yeah. But it was still interesting to see, so get to kind of get an idea of what they're doing. So we've talked about Xbox Series X a little bit already because we've known about that for a while. Mm. Um, and the the general talk of the two consoles has been comparing teraflops of processing yeah. power. Mm-hmm. And um, and Sony are taking it down a different, a bit of a different route. So, I mean, for on a base level, the teraflops thing is the Xbox Series X has 12 teraflops 
of processing power and the ps5 is like 10.3 teraflops so if you're looking at that the xbox series x beats it by you know 20 percent yeah um but also keep in mind the original xbox one was only 1.5 teraflops so they're both like far and away better Mm. but what sony are doing that's really interesting is that they're not just making a a system that's more powerful because like you look at the messaging from xbox right and they're like this is the thing that can play all your previous games it's just much more powerful so it's basically like an xbox one x plus almost yep because the xbox one x was just uh we'll take the xbox one and make a more high powered version of it that's right and so the xbox series x is take the xbox one x put in a solid state drive in it and even more power but still it's just a more powerful version of the previous console right yeah whereas the difference with playstation and i'm sure xbox are going to come out and be like no we're also doing this that's different and this and this Mm. but uh what playstation have done is they've come out and just said that there's some things that they're doing that are completely innovative and different to what we've been doing before that's good so one of the things that they've i mean in a in a base comparison of the two systems you can look at the hardware and, you know, there's, you know, there's things that the Xbox Series X has higher, the PlayStation 5 has higher, like whatever, mm. you know, throughout. But one of the things that's a key point is IO throughput, which is the input-output throughput speed. Mm-hmm. So it's basically the speed that the system can read from the hard drive, get it through all the stuff and put it yeah. out on the screen. Mm-hmm. And the PS5, while it doesn't have as high a GPU in terms of teraflops, the IO throughput is like twice as fast. And yeah, what which they're is talk- interesting. Yeah, and I feel like that's going to be the key for what's going to set the PlayStation apart because what they're talking about, what Mark, Mark Cerny was talking about in his presentation was that having a solid-state drive that's custom-made combined with the um, high, super high IO throughput and sort of variable frequencies, like this is all nerdy as fuck, but basically the way he described it was instead of having a game developed where you have to watch a load screen as it loads the whole area and then you go in and you play and when you go to the next area you have a load screen and they do that with like, I shared something to you the other day that basically said, you know, every time in a game that's a third-person adventure game where you have to, like, crawl through a space mm-hmm. or something, yeah. that's like a hidden load screen. Yeah, exactly. So it's slowing you down. So that, Or, like, when you're giving a, another character a boost up over a, over a, you know, a ledge or something, Yeah, it's just a hidden uh, load screen. And so this new technology that they're using, basically the way he described it was that you are looking at something on the screen and then as you pan the camera around it's loading things as you're panning rather than loading the whole area and having it all sitting on your system memory at once Mm -hmm. so if you think about that from like just the idea of it it changes everything because you're not as heavily required like you're not using as much ram Mm. because you don't have to preload everything Mm-hmm. you lose load screens which in and of itself like if we if that's the case 
and you can play Pillars of Eternity 2, the PS4 version on PS5 with no load screens, that would just be five out phenomenal. Of five. Mm. Yeah, right? And these are the kind of things that they're doing really differently. They also talked a lot about 3D audio. They have a really groundbreaking 3D audio system that I'm not an audiophile or anything, but basically they were talking about like how they've used this big setup to measure the difference in how people hear based on the shapes of their ears. Wow. And yeah, it's all very in-depth and high-tech. And yeah, they're, they're saying this like, there's going to be some 3D audio stuff involved that is unlike anything in terms of sound design that we've heard before. Oh, so cool. I think it's interesting, and obviously I'm biased because I'm a PlayStation fanboy, but mm. I think it's interesting that they've come out with these sort of innovative ways to improve things to make it easier for game developers and stuff and things that are going to change how game design works. Like if you remove all those hidden disguised load screens... That's going to change how developers make games. Yeah, that's right. Mm. So, yeah. How they have to make games. Yeah, exactly. There's certain, there's, it's removing roadblocks and mm. speed bumps that developers currently have to use. And um, obviously, we still have heaps more to see out of all of this. But just in terms of that, it's, it seems pretty groundbreaking to me. Mm. As well, opposed actually... to just, you know, speeding things up a bit. Yeah. I'm pretty excited because, uh, you know, one of the things that they've come out and said, um, or PlayStation, obviously, is that they will have backwards compatibility for the majority of titles available on the PS4. Mm. And I know that that's been something that a lot of people you know, have been very pissed off about for years in regards to the, you know, the PS3 to the PS4. Well, all um, of the PlayStation, like, because... Um, obviously with Xbox, you can play original Xbox games, Xbox 360, Xbox One, all on the Series X. That's right. Yeah. And they've, they've mentioned PS4 games, but they still haven't said anything about PS1, PS2, PS3. Mm. So I don't know how that's going to go. But in terms of PS4, um, they were saying, they, they did say that because of their variable frequency with how they're making the hardware work in it, Yep. that there could be issues with it boosting because it has a way to boost frequency and it might fuck up PS4 games. So they're in a process of testing them. But he said he said uh, the top 100 games by playtime on PS4, they've tested and they all work perfectly. But they've cool. also come out and said that the vast majority of PS4 games will work. They just haven't tested all of them yet, but they're in the process of doing that. So yeah, yeah that's good. There was a bit of mixed me messaging because they said that 100 number and people were like, oh, it's only going to have a backwards compatibility for 100 games. What mm -hmm. the hell? Yeah. Um, but they did say that they're going to be looking at covering the majority of their top 100 games. No, they said yeah. the top 100 all work, but they're going to... They said they it, it still should work others. with pretty much the majority of the 4,000 plus games that are on the system. Yeah, yeah. So that's really good news for people who are worried about that. Mm -hmm. Another thing was um, long patch installs. He said that the solid state drive and the way that they're doing all the input-output things, because basically the example he said was a PS4 game, right? Mm. You can download a patch, and this happened to me with Final Fantasy XIV. I downloaded a patch that was only 100 megabytes, 
So it took like a minute to download or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it took about 40 minutes to install. Because, yeah, I've had that a fair few times. Yeah, because what it has to do is that little patch has little pieces that go here, there, and everywhere throughout the install file. Mm. And it has to slowly like modify this section of the file and then modify this section so it can take a really long time to install a patch. He said with the SSD, um, you remove the need to make a new... Because what it does is it copies the old file into a new file and adds in the bit. Oh, yep. And that's where the delay is. So they said that the the SSD and all the that stuff should remove that problem, so that we have like patches that go in straight away almost. Cool. Yeah. So I'm pretty keen about that. As long as that doesn't mean that it's uh, it's re-downloading whole folders, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But the other thing that's across both systems is how they do expandable storage. Um, yes. Because we heard. Microsoft came out with a bit of in-depth about their specs as well, and they said that if you want to expand the hard drive, because so the Xbox Series X has a one terabyte hard drive, yeah. solid state. The PS5 has a custom 825 gigabyte solid state hard drive. Um, and the reason they did that, he explained, was because something to do with working, having everything work perfectly together. The optimal size was 825 gigabytes. And right, eh? Yeah, weird, but you look at that and you go, well, my fucking PS4 has a terabyte, so shouldn't my PS5 have more than that? Yeah. And the problem, obviously, is that a solid-state drive costs an arm and a leg. Um, But the other thing is... Not really. That's the thing. Like, solid-states are not much more than normal platter drives these days. uh, Like, obviously, the size difference can make a big difference, but a terabyte SSD is, like, 80 bucks. Yeah, and that's but it depends retail. on retail. It depends on the SSD as well. Yeah, um, because different ones have different capabilities, and so um, Xbox Series X they've got their own. They're they're doing proprietary hard drives like yeah. p- like three sixty days, which is um, stupid in my which, book. Yeah, it just it it kind of stinks a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, um, but Sony said that you'll be able to. There'll be a little bay in it similar to the current systems where you can put in a uh, M2 external SSD to plug it into it. Uh, The only problem is it has to be an SSD that matches the requirements. So it has Mm -hmm. to be able to handle like 5.5 gigabytes per second or something like that. So there's going to be a list of hard drives that are compatible, basically. You won't just be able to plug in any. Mm. But then in terms of PS4 and Xbox One backwards compatibility games, they'll all be playable off of a standard external hard drive. Oh, so that's cool. If you're installing it, if you want to play a PS4 game, you just put it on your external hard drive instead. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that's all pretty interesting and worth mentioning as well. But yeah, I think it's weird that Microsoft are going down that proprietary route. I mean, I guess you need to ensure that the hard drive they're using matches the requirements, right? Yeah. But that's also, it's going to shoot them in the foot because technology of hard drives is moving so fast that if they lock in a certain type now, yeah, then as things speed up, they're fucked because you know, they're using old tech very, very quickly. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's going to shoot him in the foot later because if we don't know if it can or not, but if PlayStation go, well, now that we've got hard drives that are three times faster, let's patch it in so that we can actually utilize the speed of those. Yeah, exactly. And then Xbox is sitting there going, well, fuck, ours is still running like a snail. We can't change it. Yeah, then, although I, you, you would think that the proprietary cost would go down over time if the technology is improving like that. But mm. yeah, it, it all depends. I don't know. But uh, in terms of comparison from PS4 to PS5 in the hard drives, um, one gigabyte of data on the PS4 took 20 seconds to load. And on the PS5, with the stats they've given, it's two gigabytes in 0.27 seconds. Wow. Z- 0.27 seconds, which is insanely fast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And also, in terms of like redesigning how the games are made as well, with that instantaneous loading stuff, I think we're going to f- see game sizes actually shrink down a little bit. Yeah, because the way that games are made at the moment is that, like, say you're in the example, I think the example they used was Spider-Man and say you're in New York City and there's, you know, a hundred mailboxes. Each of those mailboxes in the game is an individual component. So they're loaded in a hundred times rather than only loading that object when you're looking at it. Mm Mm-hmm. So we, sh- I think we should see game sizes shrink down a little bit in, in that way. So it'll be interesting to see what happens anyway. But we yeah. still haven't seen any games and we still haven't even seen what it looks like. So who knows? Yeah, We've still got exactly. plenty to find out. But there's still like eight months until the, the systems come out. So yeah. it's early days yet. And that's if there's no delay. And I know they've said that there isn't a delay. Yeah. But I don't know what they can... 100% confirm no delays on yeah at the moment exactly across any any industry or anything at the moment so mm. I mean yeah. I know factories have started reopening in China but there surely is a massive backlog now that's right so it have to be who mm. knows what's going to happen it's it's really weird maybe we'll talk about COVID just one more little bit um, but uh, you know it's a, it's scary times out there so I just wanted to say to our listeners, you know, keep cool, try to stay at home as much as you can and yep. um, and don't take unnecessary risks really because we, we're all in this together. We've got to stick it out together. Lots of people are going to get sick and um, that's just the way it is. But, you know, we can do our own parts in sort of minimizing or helping to minimize the impact. Mm-hmm. But in terms of things that are happening that are really interesting as fallout, um, you know, obviously my heart, my thoughts go out to everyone who's lost someone and everyone who's sick at the moment and struggling. But um, one of the things that I'm finding really interesting is things like movies. A lot of the movies that were slated for release so far this year have either been postponed Mm -hmm. till like October or they're, being pushed out to digital straight away yeah so there's a a movie by disney called um onward which oh, has yep. chris pratt and tom holland 
mm-hmm. as the characters. It's an animated movie. It went out in the movies in America for like two weeks, and they've already put it up for digital download for purchase, and it's going to wow. be on Disney Plus in the first week of April, hmm. which is yeah. like a huge turnaround. Then you've got like Birds of Prey and a bunch of other movies that are just getting pushed straight to streaming services because no one can go to the friggin' movies. That's right. So, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I'm kind of morbidly curious about everything that's happening Mm. because of it. Well, one of the things that I've been quite interested in is the massive, in some sections, the massive reduction in pollution. Yeah, it's a a funny old uh, byproduct of it all, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, like, we've known for a long time that... um, the airline industry is one of the biggest pollution you know engines in in most of the world yeah. um just simply due to the fact that there's so many planes in the sky all at once um but because that's been almost reduced to nothing at the moment yeah um you know potentially because of a few months of this it might buy the world an extra couple of hundred years yeah, it's yeah, pretty it's, insane, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, but like Matt said, you know, we want everybody to make sure that they're looking after themselves, stay safe, stay hygienic, and and stay with your loved ones, and try and enjoy this time with them. Yeah, exactly. You know, take time, and remember to um to not get too wound up and too caught up in the news and social media and stuff like that. Like we are all it's easy to get caught up in it and um, turn a bad situation into a worse one in terms of your own mental health. So, you know, just because we need to be locked in our homes, like if you've got a backyard, you can still go out in your backyard. Yeah. Um, We're pretty lucky here in Australia that we have that. We have a lot of living living environment. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing to say you can't go to a park as well. Mm. You just need to stay away from other people. Um, But, yeah, in terms of just being around at home, you know, you can read books. You can always listen to previous episodes of Drop Bear Gaming. <laughs> or, or play a computer game every now and again. Yeah, exactly. It's a good and way can... of interacting with people and, and keeping yourself, uh, you know, distanced. Yeah, it's, it's the important thing, I think, to avoid losing your mind if you're, if you're sort of isolated is to just keep yourself busy. And video games are a really good way to do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyway... Totally agree. Well, look, I think we should wrap up this episode. Um, it is a bit of a strange one, like we said, being you know at, at, at a distance and not looking each other in the face. So we hope it wasn't uh, you know, too lacklustre to listen to. Um, and hopefully the quality, as Matt said, is, is okay. Because you know, it, it's trying times for everyone and we're trying to do our best. <laughs> <laughs> There's your standard excuse for doing a shitty show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Oh uh, well, we'll try to uh, we'll try to keep maintaining a uh, the sort of release schedule that we've been doing this year. It's been going pretty smoothly, so we've been mm-hmm. reasonably consistent. So yep. hopefully we can maintain that, and you can have something to look forward to every fortnight. And if you've got any questions, or if you want us to talk about anything specifically, or if you've just got an uplifting story about potentially being quarantined and something to do with gaming, um, you can email us at podcast at dropbeargaming.com fantastic or of course jump on our facebook or twitters or any of the other things that people mm-hmm. get onto on 
occasions. So, yes, do that. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for your time, Matt, and thanks me for my time. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) we will talk. Thanks for listening, everyone, and stay safe out there. We'll talk again soon. Thanks. Thanks.